0: I'm so excited right now because tonight, you know, we're finally going to get some alone time—just you and me. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> what, anyways? Going to be talking jury duty tonight, and then uh, more generally speaking, the, the the incredible value I think that words bring to life, just the concept of language in general. But uh, but before we get started. I do uh, I want to thank our sponsor this week. Uh, Everything is interesting is proudly brought to you by fireworks. Do you have a special occasion that you want to celebrate with a bang? Get yourself some fireworks. Want to shoot exploding fireballs at your friends in an abandoned parking lot? Of course you do. Get some fireworks. Want to scare the ever-loving piss out of your dog? You <laughs> guessed it, fireworks. Come on down and blow some up today. Fun facts about fireworks, guys. Uh, Although the exact date is unknown, many historians agree that fireworks originated in the 2nd century B.C. in China. Roughly 1,000 years later, the the modern system of trial by jury was invented. Bang. You ready for that transition? Buckle up, everybody. William Blackstone, the great historian of English common law, considered the Frankish Inquest... Uh, he He considered them to be the ones that developed this modern jury system uh, in the year eight twenty nine a d now obviously over you know time, the number of jurors has changed, and i mean obviously regions and different countries change the specific powers given to the jury and what they can and can't decide, and you know all, all of the little details all the I, mean, I guess the powers of a jury is a big detail, but you know what I mean. A lot, of, a lot of it has changed, but the general concept of of putting seemingly random people, strangers, together to decide a trial is believed to have started roughly twelve hundred years ago. Roughly twelve days ago, I went to my first jury duty. Uh, I, I'd never been to one before. I'd never been called to one I mean, ever in any state that I'd ever lived. So, admittedly, I was naively. Very excited, very excited. Not accurate, but you know what I mean. I I was, I was honestly excited. Like growing up back in the day, I used to watch the courtroom drama TV shows and movies, and so I was intrigued to say the least. That is until I got there. (laughs) Um, I I, you walk into a room when you show your ID and you check in or whatever, but then you uh, we walked into a room with two hundred people. We were informed after a lengthy wait. Uh, just everybody two hundred strangers sitting around in a giant room, all of us playing on our phones, all of us few people had newspapers uh freaks, and the rest of us, the rest of us just had phones, and so we were all just twiddling our thumbs for for i don 't know probably forty five minutes before somebody walked in and said uh, there is officially five cases today. each case needs twenty jurors that will be whittled down to six, but right off the bat, a hundred people got let go. And man, I wasn't one of them hundred. And I was really, that was, wow, dad dadgummit. But the rest of us, uh, the other hundred of us, we sat there and we had to wait for the uh, judges and, and lawyers and everybody to get there and whatnot. And that we were told that it could be anywhere from one to two hours. So they, they dropped down a screen, like a projector screen, as if we were in you know, junior high. And we're about to have a you know, movie day. And we watched Friends, the television show, Friends. Uh, specifically, they started with the the episode that Rachel was uh, in the hospital giving birth. I think it was Ross's baby, or, or uh, Ross is going to take care of the baby. I don't I, Anyways, I, I used to actually really like Friends. growing grew up, but they, I don't, you know, I guess I just don't anymore. Whatever. But, so we watched that episode. We watched the next episode, the following one, where I guess Janice shows up and all that, and then eventually Janice has her kid, and then we watched the following, following episodes. We got probably close to a full hour's worth of Friends before they started finally calling names. To uh, to actually be you know, filtered into different courtrooms, my name gets called along with nineteen other people. So there's twenty of us. They walk into a room. First of all, we're all wearing masks, but we were all told masks were optional. I apologize. We're all told masks were optional, and we were all wearing masks at first. But eventually, like I think everybody just kind of got like over it. So like people just started slowly pulling masks off. So that's a different thing. We sit down. And there's the 20 of us sitting there, and the the lawyer and the client is on one side, and the, the other lawyer and the, the defendant, or I you know, I guess the defendant and the, the, the <coughs> I was trying to save these details for later, but I mean I guess I'll just give them to you. It was quite literally a a mid-40s buzz cut white policeman, and the defendant was a probably mid-50s wheelchair-bound. Black woman. <laughs> can't make it up. I don't like, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was just, it was every bad stereotype you could possibly, <laughs> look, I, I swear to you, I swear, swear to you. I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if there's any way to reference this or prove me right or wrong, but I swear to you. Uh, so anyways, the the white cop was on the left, the black uh, defendant is on the right, And the lawyers are there, and uh, the judge walks in, and we all rise, we all sit down, he gives us the whole spiel, blah, 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 answer the questions, they're going to ask you a lot of questions. You know, he tries to define what fair is, and he tries to, you know, he he gives the rundown of the show. He informs us that that's when we were first informed that six of the 20 were going to be picked, and 12 of us, yeah, 14 of us were going to get let go, which I always thought was a 12-person jury, but whatever. They start asking us questions. You know, the individual questions they ask. One guy something, and they follow them Another guy something, and another lady something, another girl something. Um, and y'all, like, I mean, look, you know me. Anybody listening to the show, if you've if you've known me in real life or if you've stumbled on this show, if you've stumbled on this show, hi, thank you for joining. I'm not even kidding. I really appreciate you uh, listening. If you know me in real life, I also thank you. Hey, hi, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, whoever you are. But if you know me at all, like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like the smartest person in any room. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not. I, I'm not going to like act like I, I have. I, I'm some educated over the top. My, my mind power is greater than you know what I mean. I, I mean, I, I, of like the 19 people sitting next to me, like 12 of these people are the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. Like I gotta say, it, I, I it's I I am stunned at the caliber of person. That is that is surrounding me in this moment. I'm honestly, truly stunned. Like I, I'm I am basically illiterate, guys. And these people, wow. And it, honestly, and this is weird. I don't know if it's racist for me to say this, or if it proves that I'm not racist. Because I mean, I don't feel racist. But point is, honestly, I'm glad that of these twelve people that I truly consider some of the stupidest people I've ever met. Uh, there was there was men and women. There was black, white, and Mexican. All uh, there was old. There's a couple of them were really old. A couple of them were younger than me. A couple of them were you know thirties, forties, fifties, or whatever. I I I feel better having judged all of these people because I feel equal in my disdain for all of them. They were so incapable of grasping simple concepts, Uh, just basic shit. Like okay, like dude, he he was to my left uh but a little bit up but on the row back cuz there's three rows of us or whatever and kind of staggered in like kind of stadium seating sort of anyways but he's he's back to my left he was asked can you be impartial that was it It's four word phrase can you be impartial that was he, was he was asked that very simply his response well i'll 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 do the best i can so the lawyer asked him to elaborate uh and, and i mean that's a you know he, the lawyer said, i forget exactly what they said but the lawyer said something like you know can you elaborate what does that mean or something like that and he said pause uh, it's just how i was raised which i mean right there that's a bad sign that's a really really bad if a very basic follow up question the first follow up question pushes you all the way back to blaming your parents for the answer that you just gave. We are in for a long journey to get this guy to answer the most basics of questions. Like li- literally, I think they just said, "Please elaborate," which I'm I'm assuming is lawyers speak for. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like literally asking, "What do you mean?" That's all they said. What do you mean? And this dude can't answer it, so he resorts to the most basic of tropes. It's how I was raised. That is. That is staggeringly incompetent. You, you are so unable to, con- to comprehend the question that is being asked you. It, it, just say yes. That's all you had to say. And yet you are now leading us down this, this, it, um, this, this idiotic rabbit trail that I can't believe. Anyway, second follow-up, lawyer tries to, like, to get him to keep going. And the lawyer goes, were you raised to treat people fairly? Obviously, again, simply yes. Yes is all you got to say. You'll, that'll be fine. That's simple yes, will do. His response, well, I, I think it depends on, on what happened. If they did it, then I, I'm not going to be fair to them. Yeah, like, y'all, oh, let's, let's please break this down. And also, I, I, I know that uh, uh, I, obviously some of the details that I'm trying to recount as close as I can are going to be uh, inaccurate, but I assure you, I literally had a notebook with me. I brought a pen and, and pad of paper because I wanted, I I was, Honestly, I wanted to write an episode about it. I thought this was going to be super interesting. I couldn't wait till I get into this. I was way wrong, and all I did was write down shit that I hated about the people that I was sitting next to me. But that's a different thing. I swear to you, that is basically what he said. Were you raised to treat people fairly? And he said, well, I think it depends on what happened. If they did it, I'm not going to be fair. Like, first of all, I mean, nobody knows what happened. Obviously, nobody knows what happened, or we wouldn't be here having a trial, sir. Also, if they did commit the crime, then it's perfectly fair to punish them. That's what fair means. So, not only can this guy not understand basic yes/no questions, he genuinely doesn't understand the concept of what fair is. <laughs> so, the the person to my right, the woman, the older woman to my right, and like literally it, all these people again, these, this is a, a rainbow coalition of, of of insanity, of lack of. Uh, of of just the mental fortitude required to even be in a courtroom. It was unbelievable. And again, I'm not pretending that I'm smart. You all know that. I dropped out of college, y'all. I'm not pretending that I am some bastion of intelligence. I'm not. I'm just stunned that I was like above average in this room and just a random smattering like, holy shit. Anyways, the woman to my right... She's literally next to me. You know, we're bumping shoulders because they sat us way too close to each other. This woman answered every single question with a mumble whisper. I mean, out loud, but every single question answered... Every single question. And you might be thinking right now, well, I mean, being quiet and mumbling isn't a sign of stupidity. She might have just been intimidated. And look, if that's what you're thinking, good for you. You're a nicer person than me. However, here's the problem. She answered questions asked to other people that way. Literally every question, all day, 19 other people in the room being asked stuff, she's responding as if being directed at her. (laughs) The whole time, easily an hour and a half, two hours, easily of just the questions, just eh, maybe two hours of pushing it, easily an hour of just the questions. Just back and forth, like they. And I, I think both. I think each lawyer was actually only allowed twenty or twenty-five minutes. But the judge had to interrupt so many times to clarify. Like the, it was. It seriously took an hour. Like no exaggeration. It definitely, definitely took an hour. Anyways, woman to my left, literally left. Like could be touching shoulders, but I was leaning away from her because she smelled like cigarettes. And I'm not judging if you smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes, but man, I, I forgot how bad that smelled. Anyways, woman to my left was asked a question about her general opinion of police officers. She answered with her opinion. doesn't matter what it was. It was fine. More or less concise. It was actually, you know, she had, she had an opinion. That's fine. Okay. I was then asked the same question. And I, and I gave my opinion, my honest opinion, which this may or may not surprise any of you listening because, you know, whatever. But my father uh, actually worked for the Fort Worth Police Department, Fort Worth, Texas. He was a desk jockey. didn't have a gun. He, you know, he was never out on the beat. I'm not talking about that. But point is, I was raised around uh, some police. So I I do have a soft spot for good cops. I feel for them because a lot of bad ones ruin their reputation. And look, I don't know what percent of police are bad. Um, It it certainly seems like more than just a few bad apples. I'll, I'll tell you that. It doesn't seem like it's just like 1%. It doesn't. But I do know there are good police officers that have truly good intentions. I've, I know them. I've met them. I, 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 have, I have spent considerable amount of time with people who I know are good people, and they also are police officers. And I hear them. I have heard them talk about what they go through, and I admit I feel for the ones that are really trying. Like, that has got to be hard. But also, there are many headlines highlighting the bad ones. Now, I said some form of that, more concise, less stressing for dramatic effect to the lawyer. The lawyer immediately turns back to the woman to my left, cigarette-smelling woman, and goes, "What do you think of his answer?" And she goes, i wrote this down, guys. I'm not like I'm, I'm not exact. I'm certain that I'm not 100% here, but I'm also certain that I got the general gist and I'm 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 pretty damn close to so this is exactly what she said." Lawyer turns to woman, "What do you think of his answer?" And she goes, well, I think uh, we all have the right to our opinion, and, uh, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. And, and if his opinion is, uh, I mean, you know, if, if he, uh, if his, uh, okay, I forgot what he said, I'm sorry. Guys, it had been no less, I mean, max 10 seconds since I had stopped talking, max, probably six And she either forgot what I had said in that six-second span or she wasn't paying attention at all in the first place. And, I mean, either way, that to me, uh, being ignorant of the entire process, screams, get this woman out of here. As far as I, if I'm the lawyer, like, I don't want that woman on the jury. They don't have any idea what's going on. They barely remember what was just said, if at all. But y'all please hear me. They picked her for the jury. They purposefully kicked out 14 other people and picked the woman with the attention span of a drug mule. I'm pretty sure she was one. But this leads me to believe that lawyers aren't necessarily trying to pick the best and brightest. Again, I'm dumb as fuck, okay? I'm not, obviously. But that woman, I mean, she was mentally a hamster and she was chosen over the guy behind her who ran his own accounting firm. He was not chosen. Wh- why? Wh- how in the world is that? I- and-, and I think, I think, I don't know this for a fact. I was hoping to have Vance on tonight because he's a lawyer. But, uh, but, you know, whenever he's got stuff. I think it's because they want people that are more short-term minded to where if she couldn't remember what I just said, then she's not going to remember the evidence. She's not going to remember the facts of the case. She's not going to remember the details. She's likely just going to remember whatever was last said to her. Whoever gets to talk to her last, or at least leave the most recent big impression, she's probably just going to stick with that. And and, and judging by the amount of, of what I would have guessed were more quality contenders, uh, or, or more quality, which is more competent jurors like the woman in front of me it doesn't matter there were there were at least four people that I thought for sure was getting picked it was two women and two men and they were all like very intelligent well-spoken and none of them got picked literally none of them could this all be random maybe I mean you know just coincidence I don't I don't know maybe I don't know what I'm talking about but it seems as if the ones they picked were the most seemingly easily manipulated the most, the, the most gullible of the six, which is, I mean, what? Well, maybe not the most gullible of the six. If, if, yeah, maybe five of them. But one of them, uh, I'm pretty sure was picked on purpose by the cop lawyer because she was married to a cop. So I, I'm guessing she's going to have – and I mean, like, that's a whole nother thing. Like, I didn't stay – I didn't get picked, uh, for those listening. Uh, I, I, I didn't get picked, so I, I was out of there. I mean, it still probably took five, six hours, which is insane. Like, whole, like what a long day. But anyways, um, so I didn't get to hear all the details or any really details, but I know it was theft. Uh, she was being accused of having stolen something. And again, this woman was mid-50s-ish, frail, in a wheelchair black woman, and the person that's standing there accusing her is a very chesty, buzz cut, white forties cop that looked at everything like friggin' no mustache, but looked exactly like Farva from Super Troopers. I mean, it, it was it was him. It, it was literally no mustache, but it was him standing right there. Like it was it was it was just insane to me that I was like there was a moment that I did kind of want to be a part of it and then there was a moment that I didn't, because I don't know. Like I admit that I have my own biases here. I mean, we're America's number one most conservative podcast, so obviously I believe it's a cop because cops and cop. But I mean, for real though, like I don't know, I don't know how unbiased I could have been to be told. Like in hindsight, I'm really not sure if I, you know. I, I, I'd like to think that I mean, obviously, if they had evidence, that they had like pictures or video, like that's a different thing. But if it, if it's just going to be what she said versus what he said, like I can almost guarantee that I was going to side with her. <laughs> you know, like I, first of all, I'm a side with old women, like old ladies. I just kind of I have a i i admit that I just kind of have a I have a natural, I have an innate soft spot just for for an older seemingly fragile, helpless woman. That's what you see. Like, and if she was, if she was so poor, like, I don't know what she stole. So, I mean, if she stole, like, a watch, then, okay, she's a bitch. But if she stole, like, food, or if she stole, like, some form of necessities, you know what I mean? Like, ha, ah. and then she stole the watch just upon it to get necessities, And I'm again, I'm not even mad at her still. So, like, you know, like, ha, uh, ah. anyways, anyways. But uh, what, what point of, you know, sort of ending you know, of all that rambling... The fate of that woman was going to be decided by whichever lawyer could use better words. That was, I mean, I don't know how much she stole. I don't know what the punishment would have been. You know, say you know, say she'd get a couple years in prison. I don't know if she's a repeat offender. I don't know if there was a minimum for some. I don't know if it'd just been a fine. But regardless, a real world punishment was going to be doled out, be it financial, monetary punishment or or time served literally based on words. Whose words were going to be more impactful? Whose words were going to give more of of a sway to the jury? And that's I mean it's not like it's something like this is not some some big epiphany that, ooh, words have, have value. But the more i think about it like it it might be the most valuable thing we've ever created like as a species language might be the most valuable thing we've ever made I, I, you know like i obviously tools are important I'd obviously, shit, I mean, we wouldn't have fire if we didn't, if we didn't figure out, like, flint rocks. We, we, spears, we wouldn't have had, like, meat. You know, like there, there are... I, just going back to cavemen, the wheels. I, like, I'm not trying to downplay anything else. But language allows us to work as a team. Language allows us to become a, a unit as opposed to just a, a random collection of, of individuals attempting to do their best. You can coordinate with language. I mean, that's even going back to just like grunts, but like eventually you could differentiate between grunts. Like, I mean, shit, anybody out there that has a dog or a cat, like, you know when you're, di- like, they have different sounds that obviously mean different things. You you know when they're angry. You know when they're sad or hurt. Obviously, everybody knows that squeal of, of a pet. It's the worst thing ever. Like, they catch the if, you were shutting the, if you were shutting the door and you catch their tail in it or whatever, like, we have these two little puppies now, and they run under your feet all the time. Like, they, they, you know, the kids have stepped on them. I have thankfully not stepped on them full force because they're seven pounds, and I'm a I'm a lot more than seven pounds. So that'd be bad. But like I've kicked them while walking and some whatnot. And like, you know, they give out that whimper. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm the worst person ever. But you know exactly what that whimper is. And that's not even full language. That's not even words at all. But with words, what we've been able to do and what we can do. Like, like, how many jobs? How many jobs don't use words? How many jobs can you think of that don't involve the use of words? I mean, I'm thinking like you know, boxer, fighter, I suppose. But even still, you, you got to do the pre-fight hype. You got to do all the interviews. You got to do all that nonsense. I guess the actual physical job for you—how know however many rounds you're doing the fight? But I mean, like even computers, even like computer language, like computer code—it's still words, you know. Like it's it, it's it's still let me literally telling a computer what to do. I mean, certainly all customer service jobs, sales jobs, doctors, teachers, like. Uh, it, <laughs> I really can't think of, of any jobs that don't require at least some form of verbal communication. Like, all, almost all of them. I mean, literally everything. I mean, and of course, lawyers, you know, those rotten, evil scum of the earth, lawyers, I would have been a lot better advances here, that was the point of that, but obviously kidding. Lawyers are trained in the art of, of verbal battle, I guess, for lack of a better term here, but like, honestly, more like battle rappers but like you know instead of just having street cred being on the line it's literally people's lives i mean it, it, all murder trials uh, someone is someone is potentially put to death because of words you know like evidence obviously wins if you got video then that's a the thing but if you don't have like hard hard evidence it's who has better words like entire companies can crumble because of lawsuits and a lawsuit is just a large collection of words. Like, But, okay, what makes those words worth anything? Like, a lawsuit is a bunch of words, but, like, if they don't have the, the legal backing of, like, a physical enforcement of those words, then I guess the words don't really have, you know, in the context of a lawsuit, unless you have a physical backing, you know, like, there has to be an underlying physical nature with regards to those words. Because I mean, otherwise, like it, it, you know, otherwise it, it is just noise. Like the collaborative effort of words is still something to be revered, but the damaging effort of words. I mean, even just rumor, it, even just the concept of, of rumor, and, and and you know, even purposeful libel and such. Like words can can damage in ways like you know the the, the old trope, like the pen is mightier than the sword. I mean, it's it's fucking true. It's absolutely true. You could one gun can do some damage. One, you know, email <laughs> you you cc the wrong people. One email could do a ton more damage. You know what I mean? Like obviously not me, and probably not. And no offense, whoever's listening, probably not you. But anybody that has like you know actual important like military minds or, or legislators in their in their Email Rolodex. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? Anybody that has those types of connections, you accidentally let something slip to them or you put out a rumor to them that starts to, like, you can unwind a lot more with the pen, with, with words. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I guess what I'm saying is if you don't believe me that words are the most valuable invention we've ever made, just ask Will Smith how he feels about certain words being said at a certain place. And look, I'm not. I'm not qualified to talk about movie stars. I don't keep up with them. I I didn't even know Will was was nominated for an Oscar until last week when Eric told me about the Oscars were coming up after a text and all that whatnot. So like, I'm not gonna like. These people are not the same as me. Like Dylan even said it on the last episode. They don't live in the same world as we do. But my point here really is only that clearly words matter. Like to all of us. And I do mean all of us because did you see how many words were typed and tweeted and retweeted and posted following that slap? Like the internet, the internet went, like people took to their phones instantly. I mean, shit, I did too. I didn't, I wasn't watching the Oscars, no surprise. But one of my friends texted me, so I instantly texted Dylan, Ashley, and Eric from last week and was just like, oh, what, what's happening now? Like it's, it's craziness. Like that's the idea that a joke would inspire. I mean, you know, to call it violence, it is violence. It, it absolutely is. You shouldn't ever put your hands on anybody, obviously. But, like, my question becomes, when are words, you know, when do words equate to action? When, when are words a, a fair call to action? And, I mean, obviously, I don't mean, like, threats. Because, like, you know, if somebody walked up to you and was just like, I'm going to punch you in the face, like, you're going to do something about it. Even if it's just run, that's still a physical reaction. Like, I don't mean, like, something like that. I mean, where's the line, you know? And, I mean, obviously, it's, it's that's a sliding scale and it's a moving target. But I believe, you know, I, I believe most would feel justified in... If somebody walks straight up to you and says, "Well, let's fight" or something, you know, a physical recourse is is justified. I think most would would agree there. But what is the line that you know how much how much of a of a joke or even just a statement, even if it is a direct insult, even even if you tell somebody straight away, like, "I don't like you. I think you're a terrible person. I think you suck at this. I think you did that bad." At what point are you, you know? supposed to that's not the right way to put that but at what point is a physical response warranted and to be honest i don't know and i think as a society we don't know either you know like i i don't think because if you do read twitter uh a lot of people at first were kind of in support of him at least with the the responses i saw at first and this is, again, it's only because a friend of mine texted. and I was just, I was, I pulled up the link that he sent me. But those, the, the first 20 minutes or whatever, probably the last, first five minutes, uh, a lot of them were, were very pro, good for you, defend your wife, blah, blah, blah. But the longer or the later it got, and the more I've seen since then, because it's obviously been however many days now, four days or whatever, like the, the, the overwhelming response now seems to be, he never should have done that. And she, you know, obviously, and I mean, look, it, It's a joke about your wife's hair. It's not necessarily a joke about your wife's moral character. And am I I any type of judge or authority on, on this topic? No, clearly. And I'm not trying to talk about celebrities. I'm trying to talk about the generalized concept that if you're, like, on a flight and somebody just walks up and just starts, like, berating anybody, wife, husband, spouse, kid, like... Uh, At what point are you, and I mean, should you just straight out assault them? No, but if you ask, like, I mean, I guess, I mean, this is very basic shit, but like, you just try to de escalate, but then at what point, you know, if you ask them to stop and they don't, you ask them to stop and they don't, like, what do you, you know, what do you do? Anyway, I, you know, that's a, I'm not qualified to talk about that. What I am qualified to talk about, no, I'm not. What I am qualified to talk about are the next two topics, or at least the two topics. Theories I have, or the the one theory I have on the two things that may be more valuable than words because i can 't I really can 't think of anybody who could get through a day without words i mean you know i I, I suppose if you 're just like the like an absolute like if you 're a wilderness man or woman doesn 't matter if you 're a wilderness wilderness human being, if you're just out there by yourself on your own, like, all right, fine. If like you literally live in a cave, so some people do that to you. Like, that's a thing. So, I mean, if that's what you're aiming for, I guess that's possible. But even still, I would argue you probably read. You know, you, if you have the internet, you're definitely reading. But if you have even a book, again, words, like, it, they, you can't... It's very hard for me to think of anything else that's more important and more valuable to society than words. Except... Truth and music. And music, I'll get to you later because that's just fun to discuss. Because, as Frank Zappa said, music is the only religion that delivers the goods. And he's right. But truth, I think, is the only thing that makes words ultimately worth using. And, like, it, obviously, this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, words are mostly used to deceive. And not necessarily, I mean sometimes obviously in an evil way, but not always, and I mean not even necessarily most of the time, in an evil way, not like you know like Satan trying to deceive you into something or, or you know I, I just think by and large, conversation is it's not had it, conversations are usually just to pass the time we're not trying to dig deep, we're not trying to hone in on on, on truths we're just trying to pass some time, you know, like, we're just shooting the shit till, like, literally every day when I go to pick up my son, like, there's there's other parents that have now gotten to know over a year, and they can you know, just talk about whatever, like, nonsense, like, nothing is actually, we're not, like, no truth is discovered here, like, I mean, even just the 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 standard example. I mean, everybody's heard this concept before. But like, how we always we greet each other with "How are you doing?" Like, we say it, we don't mean it. And I include myself, obviously. Like, I'm not I'm not better than anybody here. Like, uh, obviously, my friends and family. Like, yes, I mean it. Like, I, I want to. If you're having a bad day, fucking tell me, please. But like some guy behind the counter at the store. Like, I'd say, hey, how you doing? Right. You know, like or like some lady. <laughs> and, and I like this lady. She's a nice lady. I, I've seen the same woman at the park maybe four times over the course of the last year. I don't know her name. She doesn't know my name. And, and every now and again, you know, I just kind of bump into her. Or whatever. I just say, hey, how you doing? Oh, good. All right, have a good day. Like, that's not evil. That's not trying to be evil, I don't think. But but what it's not is, is truth, I don't care at all how she's doing. None of us do. I mean, certainly not in as much as like like I wouldn't go out of my way to help her if she was on fire. I you know I'd help her. I'd pour if I had a water bottle, I would pour. You know, obviously I would help her in that moment. You know, if she had like she was being attacked by a bird or something, I'd run over. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a thing? Sure. Uh, it, you know, if she was being attacked by a by a falcon, I'd open my eyes and run over and be like, all right, open my eyes to the falcon is a joke that maybe three people will get. Don't worry about. it. <sighs> But like if like you know if there was an instant need she had I would help her. But like if she opened up to me about her job or like that she hates her spouse like I'm not getting involved at all. You know she starts pouring her heart out about how her boss does this and that like I don't mm, I don't give a shit. You know like the guy behind the counter at the liquor store if he starts telling me like oh my wife cheated on me or my husband cheated or my kids don't give a shit like literally at all. So like what 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 I mean is you know, I'm just guesstimating here i think more often than not words are used to deceive you know it's certainly more than they're used to describe truth which is i mean obviously why truth has to be held above you know i mean everything it's it, it's why the concept of fake news is so powerful because i mean you know certain people obviously use it and like, as america's Number one, most conservative podcast. Obviously, I mean, them goddamn liberals with their new age views. They're always using fake news to control people's minds. I do, uh, look, <laughs> obviously, both sides play these same games. I mean, all sides. I don't even know if it's just two sides anymore. I, I, I can't, honestly, I, I'm willing to bet almost everybody out there knows this. I, I can't imagine anyone nowadays that truly thinks that one side is 100% honest. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that anybody's sitting there going, my side's 100% honest and the other side's 100% evil. Like, like right? Like, holy shit, I hope so. Like, the, the Republicans and the Democrats use the same tricks. We all know that. The left media and the right media, they, they all use the same tricks. Like, we all have... We, everybody has beliefs. We all lean towards the groups that we think kind of sort of expresses those beliefs. But I would hope that, like... Everybody knows that neither side cares about, like, you. And I mean, like, you, Melissa Smith, the accountant. You know, like, you, John Williams, the subway sandwich worker. Like, they, they don't give a shit about that. Like, both sides. Honestly, both sides use words to bend the truth as opposed to, you know, help anybody do anything better. But I think that is why... Information. I mean, truth. Information is is the most valuable thing. It's why certain places, certain countries control the internet. It's why certain uh, uh, companies don't want certain pieces of information online. It, it's why, I mean, shit. Was it a uh, Bezos offered that some teenage kid like ten grand to stop tracking his plane because his his information, his truth, the truth about where he goes and what he does. He wants that to be kept secret because that's worth something. I mean, he put a tangible number to it, $10,000. But, I mean, obviously to him, that's nothing. But he put a price on his information. He put a price on the amount of truth about him that gets out. It's, truth is, is the one thing that is, it makes words worth it. But above all that is music. Because music is a form of language that doesn't require words. It is, it is a, it is as close to magic as can be made. I believe by human hands. I, it is like I might have told the story before, but I was at uh, I was outside the Louvre in Paris, France, and uh, we were about to go inside. And I was like, look, if I'm going to go in Louvre, like, I'm going I'm to uh, prepare my mind. And so I sat down in the bushes outside of the Louvre. There's, you know, a lot of green space and open courtyard. A lot of, you know, brick, or maybe even not brick, cobblestone. I don't know, whatever. If Ashley was here, she could correct me. Um, but I said, this is 100% true story, I swear to you. Uh, I, I sat down, and I somebody was playing Bob Marley. Uh, is This Love? I believe was the song. Probably wrong on that. But somebody was playing Bob Marley. And so I kind of just wandered over and sat near and just kind of you know was vibing a little bit, and I started singing along. And it, this dude was cool with it. like he, he, you could see him like kind of look at me and like kind of light it, like I started singing, he was singing, we were both singing It was great. And after he got done, I went to talk to him, and he doesn't speak English. He knew Bob Marley's song phonetically but he didn't actually know, or he was playing me. Look, man, there's a very good chance this guy was just like, look, American, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you at all. There's <laughs> very real chance that's true. But also, I am uh, literally getting into a lot of Spanish music lately, and I know eh, sort of, almost bits and pieces, very, very terrible Spanish, minimal, minimal, minimal. If Gabe was here, he could show exactly how bad I was at Spanish because he speaks Spanish. But anyways, Sebastian Yatra, I've been loving lately. He's got a great song with John Legend out there right now. Check him out. But uh, I, I can sing along with the John Legend parts, but the Sebastian parts, I pretty much only sing phonetically. I don't actually know what he's saying, but I just enjoy singing along. And that's amazing. Me and this person were able to sing a duet in a language he doesn't even fully understand because the words wasn't the point. You know what I mean? Like The actual words being spoken wasn't important at all. The moment was what was important what we were making the the temporary meaningless sounds that when organized in a beautiful pattern create something that's the beauty of music i mean that's admittedly it's why i like jam bands but really any band that is is bold enough to try and play songs without lyrics because it's harder to grab people's attention without lyrics Because words are so strong, like that's why advertising works. You put a billboard up on a road with some words on it. Most people driving by it, including myself, are going to look at it. You just that's just like that's why all you always see the signs. Does advertising work? Just did. Call one eight hundred whatever the shit. And that's but it's but it, it you saw it. You know you saw it. I saw it. I know I saw it. We all know. We all saw it. That's why they do it. And I think the same thing is true of TV commercials, of radio commercials. It's why everybody on the radio, every morning show has a guy that talks like this because his words come through at a different frequency. And so they cut through to you. It it grabs your attention because we are... Maybe not everybody. I can't pretend that I'm speaking for everybody here. But I I think we are instantly drawn when we see or hear words, we want to understand them. We want to know what it is you're saying. And that's why (laughs) advertising is what it is. And that's why I enjoy a long jam bandy kind of a song that can go for 20, 30 minutes without saying a goddamn word. It's a beautiful thing there are four or five or six or i mean sometimes in, in Zappa's case 12 15 i mean it, you know it, it's there's plenty of uh, of big band that also kind of jam out as well like it, it, tedeschi trucks band has like 16 or 18 people on stage like it's it's people that are communicating in 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 my opinion the most beautiful way but it's people that are that are communicating in a way that has force that has emotion it has feeling, but it cannot be tied down to one specific meaning. If you put a, if you play a six-minute song. And at the very end, you put in three, four paragraphs worth of words, and three, four sentences, whatever. At the very end, you put in a bunch of words that just completely go again. Like, it's say it's like a nice, pleasant song. It's got a very uplifting beat. It's got a very pleasant piano melody. And at the very end, you come in with some lyrics about like, let's, you know, let's nuke Ireland. I always go to Ireland because I'm I'm white and I'm Irish, so I feel like I'm allowed to say it. I don't fucking know. Let's go, let's go Texas. Can say that. Whatever, whatever land I can pick that isn't offensive to somebody because every everywhere let's nuke the moon let's nuke the moon now if you come in with that at the end of a song i mean literally that's what that song is about now when like it, when it, it wasn't at all about that, it, it could have been you could have purposely written a song in your mind's eye, relaying the concept of a sunshine in a garden and flowers. It, it could be a very peaceful hippie melody, but then you come on about nuking the moon. Which I mean, just for the record, I think we all know we should, and don't don't you dare sit there and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. We need to nuke that goddamn moon up there, laughing at me all all night with the face and the man and the moon in his, his cheese. Give me so why are you sharing some of that cheese? Why do you should pay taxes on that cheese, man? What? Anyways, point is music without words is is a beautiful form of communication. It has it has force and weight and depth, but it doesn't necessarily require meaning. It doesn't have to be limited by the concepts that you're trying to put forth. Because anything you say. Is going to fall flat when compared to what it was I was already thinking. Anyone that's like, we're all sitting in the crowd or standing or whatever, thinking about whatever we're thinking about, enjoying our own drifting of our minds. Or at least this is what I'm assuming people are doing when, you know, at least for me, and like a 45 minute fish jam, there hasn't been words for 30 minutes and we're all thinking whatever it is we're thinking. We're all in the same moment, we're all dancing to the same beats, we're all swaying to the same melodies but whatever's going on in my head is probably better than whatever you're saying because you know it's it's what i'm choosing to think about and we're all collectively allowed to be choosing different things at the same time but as soon as you say some words we're all on, you know we're all immediately drawn and limited and boxed in to let's nuke the moon so do it everybody <laughs> uh, let's let's nuke that moon to end this one, thank you for uh, for hanging out with me solo style tonight, guys. I really do appreciate it. Uh, seriously, I love you. I'm not even kidding. I love you. And uh, I'll leave you with this. Uh, another quote. <laughs> Frank Zappa is, uh, I, I love him, but I'm going to leave you with another another Frank Zappa quote because I'm not going to end this thing on a waxing poetic about a, a dead rock star that you probably don't care about. Information is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is not truth. Truth is not beauty. Beauty is not love. And love is not music. Music is the best.